the mom's body is like a bridge that begins the relationship with the father and the child based on his presence and his devotion. So if he's absent, he doesn't get his body reprogrammed that way. They also found studies where the, the first moment when a man holds his newborn child, his testosterone levels drop by about 33%, and they change his emotional landscape, and they alter the way he experiences that child. All of this is going on while the baby inside of the mother, the baby's body is devoted to protecting the mother to the point that the baby's DNA and cells start to permeate the mother's body, go into the mom's organs. They have found that mothers, some mothers recover from heart attacks in less than two weeks because the actual cells of their child rushed to the mom's heart and healed it. They couldn't figure out how this was happening. And they found that it was the baby's body living, like spreading past the placental wall and protecting the mother and actually rebuilding her tissues. Um, so there's there's all sorts of things that are specifically happening here when that man, woman make a child that are just biological. They're not social constructs. They have to do with the construction of a family. The fact that it's the father's devotion that triggers these things, not just him getting a woman pregnant, but devotion is so, <clears throat> so important. I think the blank slateism is something that needs to be addressed. Well, I think really like one of the main things that I, I tried to uplift in the documentary was the detransitioners. And I think it would be worth talking about the roots of uh, of how we got to the point of, of, of kids transitioning. And um, I think in terms of the documentary, you know, I think some of that, that, that might be helpful, like looking at like how we got here and, and what some of the detransitioners are specifically saying. And the fact that they, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to uplift them was because they were being actively censored. When I was researching this, I was screenshotting tweets of detransitioners just, just describing the fallout of the medical procedure on their body. And those tweets were being ripped down with no warning, not even, they weren't even being told it was uh, against community guidelines. They were disappearing off the platform. So I felt passionate about uplifting the voices of detransitioners in this film uh, specifically because of that. Okay. Should we have Cruz may like like have his comments and then we can go into that? Is that good with everybody? So then you have a chance to to speak your mind. You ready, yes, Cruz? Sir. I know um, you're over I know, Cruz, you are over there. You're like I know you're a little bit you're frustrated right now, but I know I'm, not, I'm like I'm trying to keep it I love to debate. So I I'm No, this is good. It, um... Like be be you, say what you wanna say. It's not gonna hurt my feelings because like you have your beliefs, I have mine, and so just free, speak freely. There's no seriously no judgment. Okay. <sighs> I okay. I I don't want to seem like a, a, a not nice person. But I was like, <laughs> I heard you, but at times I was completely unmoved. I have to be honest. I think that going back to this idea of their traditional family. There's nothing traditional about what's happening in the United States. I don't come from a traditional family and I, I did not grow up with my biological father. So I, I don't, I, it almost Simon's, uh, his, uh, his explanation of, you know, the woman and the man and what happens um, biologically just did not resonate with me by any means because I, just full transparency like uh when my father held me for the first time he basically wanted nothing to do with me and you know that's coming from my mom so i'm like okay 
uh, like not to make me feel but feel sorry for me, but I'm like, are, are you sure? But um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I I think that growing up looking at my family, the family that I did have, I think m- my mom is probably more closely related to your views and you know what should be socially acceptable and and that's just under the basis of religion because i grew up in church Mm -hmm. i personally when i have kids i know i'm not going to have a traditional family and i would like to uh because i grew up with a mother find some way to have um a mother figure or a mother for my children when I decide to have them, if I, if, if I'm fortunate enough to have children, you know, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get that, but um, just going back to what we allow our children to be exposed to, I think that as we're evolving as our society is evolving. It's not the eighties or the nineties anymore. I think that we need to expose our children with the right information, with the right resource at the right time. I think it's a matter of timing and not necessarily considering um, leftist views of like, it's all a blank canvas or a, a blank slate. I think that, you each child is different so so what i'm told each child is different and you have to mm-hmm. raise mm-hmm. them in accordance to what life experience they're going through at the time and and get them through that that's the job of a parent is to recognize individually like what kid is going through what and helping them through it as as best as you can um I don't think that it is fair to disguise agendas on the right as protection. It almost comes off as a guise of protection when you just want to continue traditional ways of life. And and that may work for you, but it may not work for the next person and i think that you guys had mentioned earlier like you know this whole notion of transphobia of like well how can i be transphobic you know i'm friends with laura and that is almost laura saying like we know what that that it can be equivocated to and i i I just don't agree with that notion like i think that we're not talking about what we say at the kitchen table or behind closed doors are the the things that would you know cross the line of like okay to not okay so i i don't necessarily think that you are transphobic but then we start getting into these conversations about okay well where should trans people be allowed to participate in society and that's where you start convoluting things and uh, I see both sides with the whole like should I allow my my daughter to compete with trans athletes I I, I see the argument on 
both sides in terms of physicality and strength, but in any type of contact sport, you're going to get hurt regardless of who you are, if you're playing against girls or boys. Like that, it, any type of physical anything, there's that risk of injury or getting hurt. So I don't necessarily think that that's the strongest argument for um, exclusion of trans athletes. I'm not well-versed in that area. Again, I see both sides, but I, I almost, a lot of this argument isn't socially or legally translated enough for me to be like, oh, I agree with you. But even though I say, for instance, um, so a trans woman, a woman that, a trans woman that has fully transitioned, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've had the surgeries and everything like that. They've, you know, gone through the hormones for years. Um, Even after all that, right? Um, This varies, but the majority of real transsexual women we still have 33% give or take of our male strength left over after all that. So that means we are stronger than the majority of... And that's after how many years, Laura? Six. Is that after one year? I'm, hit, I'm about to hit, so I'm about to hit seven. I'm sorry? Okay. So for the, those who are taking hormones and only been doing it for a year, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. they're going to even have more than that, correct? Yes, yes, because it takes a full, like, over, it takes about three years to have your full impact then with your hormones. Like, the, the whole impact of the hormones, it's around year three when it really just does the complete damage it can to your system. You know, like I will never yeah. be as strong as the Cruz, Cruz or Simon. You know, I, I will never be that ever again. But yeah. I will always be stronger than you or Alex, for example. I'm what you would call the in between, and that's fine. That's not yeah. transphobic to say so that. What's the solu- that's not transphobic. So what's so the solution? I, Simon, what, I know wanted to talk about detransitioning. Mm-hmm. Like. So how do you, Simon, you want to, you want to go in on that a little bit because, you know, especially with the effects of hormones and what that does to the body and the lifelong issues that can happen. Well, I mean, I think it, you can sort of respond to part of what Cruz is asking, like, what, what are the solutions Hmm. now that we're looking at this huge complex issue? What are the solutions? Um, Since, since there is such a strong base of evidence for this being a social contagion in girls. And I think that's a big thing that I focus on in my film. I provide a lot of evidence that what we're looking at is a social contagion, not a trans revolution that's organic or natural. We're looking at a social contagion in girls. It came out of nowhere. It's a completely new phenomenon given that it was predominantly, as we said earlier, that preschool age boys were the majority group that made up gender dysphoria. There was almost no clinical evidence of, of trans, of gender dysphoric girls before 2012. So we're looking at a very new phenomenon. We're looking at something that seems to be fueled by social media. And we know that girls are, are 
prone to these social pressures in ways that are unique and not the same as boys. And this is, it's interesting because this is one of the actual things where it points out a very strong difference between girls and boys. And it's not a social construct. It's literally how girls deal with adolescence and psychological development versus boys. And that's like a pretty well mapped out thing. So we could say as a solution, number one, we should not be giving social media or smartphones to middle school age children, period, at all. This is a powerful form of social engineering. We're all adults here. We have all had moments of social media addiction. I guarantee it yeah. because we're all getting our dopamine hits. We're all getting manipulated by it. That's why this was designed the way it was designed. And when you have a child trying to develop this core part of themselves, we should not be doing that. Now, the additional layer of that is that the social media space is filled with gender ideology. It's filled with this ideology. And so, you know, that's another reason why it is not wise to saturate these young, young children with it. So I think you should be waiting in terms of social media until, you know, like 16, 17. It should be later on in life that they are exposed to social media. That's a powerful solution, I would say. I would say in terms of the detransitioners, again, they talk about the influence in school, right? And that the pressures that occurred. You know, one of the things that people often don't talk about is the fact that when you socially transition a kid, do you know how hard it is for them to go back if they change their mind when it's so hip to be trans? Because it is hip right now in these mm -hmm. groups, okay? We're looking at it huge amount of social pressure. So even if a young kid or a teenager socially transitions, going back the other way against the pressures of this being very popular, that's not going to be easy, let alone later on, of course, the difficulty of going back when someone takes something like puberty blockers. Um, we should not be giving puberty blockers to these children, I think, from a very fundamental sort of medical level, because they have not been approved to treat gender dysphoria. They are not approved by the FDA for that. Puberty blockers are only approved to treat precocious puberty. That is the only thing they have been approved for. Every prescription of puberty blockers that is given to a gender non-conforming child is being given off-label. So until we have long-term studies on what this really does, and even some of the studies now seem to show that there's trouble with bone density, problems potentially with brain development, could be heart issues. Th this is still experimental. We all know that we have never at any point in history given thousands and thousands of children these treatments. It is an experimental thing. We all know this because if there was long-term data, we would have remembered the time in history when we did this. So I think the medical transitioning needs to be taken very, very seriously, but the foundation to it is really what is occurring in, in the schools and in the media. And so I don't think pushback against gender ideology should be addressed as, as, as uh, bigoted. It's a very, very reasonable thing for parents to be uncomfortable with because it's a very extreme ideology. Um, I think a big response is already happening, which is parents who are homeschooling and unschooling. And that really speaks to what you were saying, Cruz. Like, children are so unique. You want to address the individual child. Some children may be ready for uh, sexual education earlier than others. That is true. You don't want to blanket the whole population with rules. If you are, let's say you're, you're a homeschooling, unschooling family, yeah, then that's an ideal scenario where certainly you can address your child's developmental needs and where they might be in their life experiences when that is correct for them. Some might be better later on for some children than others, which speaks to the larger issue of the sort of collapsing education system, this, this homogenization of one size fits all. It is inherently 
problematic because that's how the schooling system was designed. The, the current publication, uh, public education system, it came out of Nazi Germany. It was a Prussian model and it was designed to create soldiers and uh, obedient politicians. And, you know, it was designed to actually restrict free thought. So we're looking at the fallout of this in a lot of ways. So part of the problem to me is that gender ideology was plugged into the schools. But then, then again, part of the problem is the school system itself and the fact that it relies on homogenization. So I think we need to be moving into an era where we are about hyper-individualization and about honoring the uniqueness of each mm -hmm. child and giving them space to be that unique child. But there is no ideology that is going to do that correctly. To me, the response to that is raising children with a legacy of free thought. And free thought is based on the ability to produce thoughts and to orient yourself in reality using logic, reason, and empiricism without relying on dogma, tradition, and authority. And I think that is a very clear path because I'm not coming from a Christian stance. I'm not Christian. I don't look at the family unit from a Christian lens. I just look at it as a dad and I was fascinated by what was happening to me and my partner and with the birth of my children. And that was how I got into this ideal of the family. And I think there's one more thing I'll say is that we need to properly address what the role of cultural ideals are. Cultural ideals, you know, often on the left, they are treated as these oppressive social constructs and systems of judgment. And I don't think that is the role of cultural ideals. I think ideals are used as a compass, as navigation. And that's the whole nature of an ideal. It is a form of perfection that is unattainable. So it shouldn't be used as a system of judgment because any of us who compare ourselves to an ideal is going to find the, the ways that we don't match up to that ideal. And I think if people want to celebrate the ideal of the family, um, they're, they're, it's because they want that compass. They want to celebrate that. But but we shouldn't be using ideals as systems of judgment and exclusion. And that's true. But um, to what extent were they used for that? And to what extent are we told that ideals do that? I don't know. I think that's probably a larger debate, but that would be sort of the, the way that I would unpack some of the, the solutions that would help. What has happened to the detransitioners based on the stories they've given about their journey through school, their journey in the medical system, and then their subsequent mistreatment and censorship in the world at large. And I think if we look at it from all those those angles, we are looking at addressing a lot of the issues that the detransitioners specifically address in their testimony. Well said, it, Simon. Yeah. Cruz, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Oh, oh Cruz, your, your, your mic is off. Sorry, I was I, I agree with you to an extent, but I, I I just don't think that we've created the the safe spaces in for individualism as a whole. Because like when you when you're not conforming to the mass majority, uh, oftentimes you know those those kids that are uh, exhibiting individuality are often picked on, bullied, and you know told to fall in line. Um, I agree with you 100% honestly on that. And I, I would love to get to a place where um, individualism is celebrated. I, I just don't see it unless we're really prepping on the ground. You know, kids are spending how many hours, six, seven hours in school per day, mm -hmm. plus extracurriculars and and whatnot, um, you know, that, that that's what shapes their childhood. Like you, you only get your children for so many hours a day. You mm -hmm. know, not 
outside of, um, you know, vacations and days off um, to really mold them like they're being influenced by outside um, influences and um, I, I'm just trying to take myself back to the 2000s, the 2000s where <laughs> like you, it was one or the other. You were a cool kid or you were a loser. You were cute or you were ugly. You were a boy, you were a girl. You, uh, no. And, and, may, and maybe that's changed now. Like I haven't been to a, a school um, forever. So, you know, maybe it's, things are happening differently in school. I can only go off of what I see on social media, like when people are recording. Oh yeah, there's the, judgment you know. for sure. There's there's always everybody here in different categories. And I, I don't know if we will ever get away from that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I mean, I just, I think that's just, Mother Nature, I think that's just how people, like, especially growing up, like, growing up was tough. Like, I know that you had your own experiences, but just, like, just trying to to see where you fit in and when you didn't mm -hmm. fit in to those certain, like, categories or the way that you, that everybody else who was popular or whatever was, you know, that's it does, ha it has an effect on you. So, you know, I, I agree with you when it comes to the individual, like being, having children be who they are and being an individual instead of, you know, being told what to think, how to think and, and all that. So does anybody else have I anything? I just don't. I was just gonna say I, I just don't in terms of like um the whole trans youth movement I, I'm kind of torn because I'm just like that's not something that should be like an overnight decision but I also don't necessarily agree that there should be this push for protectionism, protectionism, I'm horrible at words, guys. No, uh, like, no, no. The, <laughs> like the safeguards uh, the, and stuff the, like the, that. I, I think there should be safeguards and there should be a process to follow. Like if you, I don't know if any of you guys are married, if you go get divorced tomorrow, you can't just be divorced. Correct. You know, yeah. in a week because you are, you know, mad at your partner. There's a process you have to follow. You have to file you have to go to therapy, you have to make counseling, you have to be sep legally separated for a given time, you have to divvy assets, uh, uh, child custody agreements. It's not something that you just decide to do overnight. So I agree with, you know, the, the safeguards, but to use this guise of like, we're protecting people from people who are not, you know, following a process or, um, you know, taking the, the, the transition seriously, I'm not necessarily sure that I'm convinced that, um, the counter argument on my side is convincing enough for me to be like, Oh, you know, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I almost outright want to disagree, but I, I hear both sides and I yeah. definitely think that there should be protection. Um, 
do I think a five-year-old should transition? No, but aren't those like cases so far and few between that like it's like one in whatever. Well, what's happening too is that, and and I and I don't know if you see on social media where I'm seeing parents being not necessarily medically, but like parents having them transition at the age of three on up, and it to me, and this is my opinion, Cruz is that I feel like, um, like, let's say there's, there's a very popular, um, little boy that now has long hair, wears dresses and all that stuff, but was, I feel like the parents kind of pushed that child to be trans instead of maybe even just celebrating their child as being gay. Does that, does that but make how do sense? We know, how do we, Ex- how do we know that? Cause I, I, I feel like I, if I can remember, recall correctly, I think my godmom said I loved to wear my mom's heels growing up outside instead of like my own shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, you just slip on a heel and you get to walking and you go take out the trash and you come back. But that doesn't that mean you're trans though, right? That, no, right. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm yeah. trans, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I like was not like, we're not in that, that, that family space and I don't necessarily think that they have an obligation to detail and outline every reason why they come to the determination that their child is trans I'm not familiar with that yeah Um, yeah it, it almost feels like they're creating a safe space for that child to be who they are and you know to either grow in or grow out of it you know whichever direction they go I think that often on the outside it it looks un um intelligible and we just have this we don't have an understanding for it uh oftentimes but i going back to you i I know you mentioned dylan malavi mulvaney Mulvaney. yeah I, i don't like him or her i'm sorry i don't like her i think she's annoying as hell um <laughs> but I, I i really don't i think she's annoying but um i don't necessarily agree with this notion that trans women are taking the place or replacing um women and taking their opportunities away i think that when we talk about diversity and inclusion it is just it's becoming more divergent. Like, I don't know if you guys heard of, um, they came out with a down syndrome Barbie. (laughs) That's that's actually really cool. Uh, I like, I think that's cool. (sighs) I mean, they came out with a down syndrome Barbie and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I laughed at that. But how would that differ? How would that differ? between having a you know let's say they did a trans barbie which i think they did they did they they did they made they just made a trans woman barbie yeah so what's the difference between those two things then if it's representing it's 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 just it's diverging so much i can't even keep up honestly (laughs) it's It's occurring very very fast fast. it's very very fast and i think we're you know looking Again, it just to me, it all goes back to the, the the injection of gender ideology into our society. You know, I found the other day. I don't know if you, any of you guys saw that movie. Uh, what is it? It's a, a movie, something something in the Angry Inch. It's from like the '90s. It was about a, a drag queen. 
Um, oh man, this was a very popular film. Anyways, I, I happened. To, uh, Amanda sent it to me the other day because she looked it up and it said uh, a gender queer something something goes on like a journey. And we looked it up, and they had changed the description of it in IMDb over the years. It used to say a drag queen, then it said transsexual, then it said genderqueer, and they've actually been modifying the description of this this movie from like the '90s on IMDb over the years to update it to accommodate radical gender ideology. This is very interesting. It's like the changing of history in some ways because no longer is the movie described the way it used to be. It's being introduced in these new terms. Um, I think the big question that I'm left with with all of this is, you know, while we are trying to push for diversity of expression, are we losing diversity of thought? And I think that's what gender ideology seems to do. It restricts thinking. If you don't think about things through the gender ideology lens, you are called a bigot. If you don't perceive it through that lens, if you don't allow your children to be taught through that lens, it is bigoted. And to me, that is a restriction of diversity of thinking because gender ideology is one way of looking at the world. And we should be able to uplift and celebrate and utilize other ways of looking at the world, as long as they are not ways that are hateful. And I think we get into this territory of saying that being against this way of thinking is hateful. And I personally, from what I've seen, from what I've studied, from the impact that it's had on children, I think gender ideology restricts diversity of thought. And that, to me, is what I'm fighting for, is, is free thought and diversity of thought. And and that includes what we're doing right now, to be honest. Yeah. This kind of discussion really does celebrate that. I think yeah. that's why it's awesome. Like, I don't think we should all agree. I think we should disagree. absolutely, you know, hold our own and disagree yeah. and use that tension. And I think that's one of the problems with the way this is being dealt with in the media is we're being denied the creative tension of disagreement and the peaceful space to disagree with each other and create diversity of thought and find new ideas and new ways of looking at things. And that's what I would fight for, as opposed to fighting for just one ideology dominating all of our culture, all of our schools, all of our spaces. I'm pretty sure that that's very the, well said. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that the founding fathers <laughs> didn't agree on everything, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Mm. there was some drama there was some drama drama. yeah (laughs) yeah well you know i i just i'm glad that we had this conversation guys i i mean cruz thank you for like literally putting yourself out there and and speaking your mind and i'm i'm grateful for it honestly i really am and so yeah I, i appreciate i appreciate you and we may not you know, always see eye to eye, but I just want you to know that, that everybody here will show love and respect for you, regardless of, of your beliefs. And, and I, and I think that's, what's missing right now is just being able to honor other people's beliefs and, and thoughts without it escalating and getting, you know, to like, cause we're emotional beings. We get emotional about it. And we've all come, we're all coming here with different life experiences, right? How you grew up and the experiences you had as a, as a gay boy trying to like navigate everything. Right. And then having a mom that was, you know, very, very conservative. And then you have Laura who grew up very conservative, but I feel like Laura, and I don't want to speak for you, but you felt like your you had support correct like your mom was was supportive in a way and you 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 say your your thing yeah um 
so I was homeschooled, uh, as Simon knows. I think I told you that too. I was actually homeschooled in a conservative Republican um, military household in the 90s. So it was very different, and I felt like this growing up. You know, um, it's like the old saying goes, you know, uh, no one had to tell me that I was trans or gay. You know, no one had to tell me that. You know, and there's a lot you know, of 90s LGBT people that have said that. Nobody had to tell us, you know, and I speak for the people that are, you know, talking against this whole gender ideology now. They're like, nobody had to tell me, you know, what, that I liked, that I liked a boy or I liked a girl, you know, or whatever like that. Nobody was indoctrinating people, you know. So, but as far as my family goes, um, Father was not so much, no. Um, he did do his best. Mother was definitely hands down right there. Um, she always did want to understand. Um, that's why when I came out to her, it was just, you know, uh, sh she did kind of cry, but it wasn't like in a negative way. She was, you know, she had her eyes watering and she was just like, you know, sat down and we talked about it for like two and a half hours and she wanted to know when, where, and how, and like, you know, the, the just, understanding. just understand because, you know, uh, she had, her oldest sister is a lesbian, you know, uh, who's actually, uh, you know, I didn't know this growing up even, but, um, she's my favorite aunt, you know, just an awesome, badass woman. Um, but so my mom was already, you know, very open-minded, you know, she was a little bit more yeah. uh, liberal compared to my father, but uh, liberal in the classical sense, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that did but help. But I feel like we all kind of come, yeah, yeah, it did help. And I just, you know, I think we all come, we, we all grow up differently um, yeah. and come from different places. So I had no idea, by the way, guys, that my brother was gay and we were super, super close. He literally had um, Maalox, like a ton of like, Tums and stuff because I mean, he tried to pray the gay away. He, t he told me all these things afterwards. Yeah. Um, and his stomach was so upset because he always had to pretend he was somebody that he wasn't. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy, um, and, and sympathy to, to those who have experienced having to grow up and trying to, to not only figure out who they were, were as a person, but their, that, I, you know, sexual identity as well. So I just hope you know that I, I do genuinely like feel an honor and respect that. So, um, I know everybody is, we've been talking for a while. Um, and I appreciate it. And Simon, and you know, I, I hope everybody knows where to find Simon's documentary. So he actually has a website called Daughters of the West, I mean, film, which is right on his little thing right there, right? Yeah, daughtersofthewestfilm.com. Yep, you can go to daughtersofthewestfilm.com. That's where you can get access to the film. And also, I'll say that um, at that same website, there is a resources section to help uh, families navigate, you know, the impact of all of this. So there's educational resources, there's legal resources, there's networks of parents who are struggling with children who have transitioned. Uh, there's just a ton. There's resources on keeping smartphones and social media from your children until a certain age and how to do that. 
Um, I built a library there to try to help families navigate all of this to just encourage people to take action and to do what they can to try to soften the, the struggle that this is all creating. So, you know, encourage people to check out the film and support the film and then also share the resources uh, to those who need them. Nice. We're oh, actually okay. having a video yeah, party uh, this weekend and we're watching that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. I look forward to hearing yeah, that. It's very, very educational. Very like just eye opening on, on, he goes in depth on a lot of things. So um, I appreciate you guys. Um, anybody who's listening, make sure you watch us for Politics Plus podcast. We are everywhere except for <laughs> YouTube because we did get banned from YouTube. Um, I don't think they like oh. what we all had to say, but I'm that's sorry. okay. Free speech is on Rumble. So <laughs> we have that there. Um, and you can find us Spotify and all the major um, audio versions as well and platforms. So I appreciate all of you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. In America, we don't worship government. We worship God. In the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. Thank you for joining us today on Politics Plus Podcast, where we talk about politics plus so much more. For more content, make sure to follow and interact with the podcast on our official social media pages, including Getter, Truth Social, Twitter, and our Instagram page at Politics Plus Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe on Rumble, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Join us next time for another exciting episode.